Welcome to episode 18 of the Play Like a Champion show, a podcast from Play Like a Champion today. I'm Peter Piscatello. I'll be joined by Kristen Sheehan in just a moment, along with today's guest. First, a little housekeeping. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you missed our last conversation or any of our previous episodes, be sure to go back and take a listen. We've talked to some amazing people who are changing youth and high school sports. You can find the Play Like a Champion show in all your favorite podcasting services, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, any podcasting service. Be sure to click the subscribe button so you are alerted to new episodes as they're released. And if your podcast app of choice allows, we would appreciate if you rate and review the show. Finally, connect with us on social media so we can interact with you at PLC number four character on Twitter and Instagram and at play like a champion on Facebook. You can also learn all about our work or find additional contact information on our website, playlikeachampion.org. Kristen, our guest today is Andre Lodre, the founder and executive director of Four Point Play. Andre will join us in just a moment, but first I'm excited to bring Kristen back in. Kristen, welcome back to a new year of the Play Like a Champion show. Hey, Pete and all of our listeners. It's great to be back. You know, um, 2020 was a challenging year and we counted our blessings by finding the resilience that it took to face what we had to deal with. And, you know, we're in 2021 and we have the hope that things will get better, but we're still kind of dealing with a little more adversity before it gets better. But there's hope uh, around the corner, Pete. There absolutely is. And we are obviously big fans of hope. And when it comes to sports, hope is uh, a key part of competing. Uh, So looking forward to the year ahead. And Kristen, we've got a great episode here today. Really excited to have Andre here. How about you tell us a little bit about our guest, Andre Lodre? All right, listeners, our guest today is Andre Lodre, who is the founder and executive director of Four Point Play, which is in the Chicagoland area. And we've had the opportunity to get to know Andre over the last year and a half uh, as his organization is part of the North Lawndale Athletic and Recreation Association. And um, you're in for a real treat, listeners, um, because this gentleman is coach extraordinaire. Um, before we get into the work that you're doing, Andre, let's let's just go back in time a little bit. And can you tell us about your upbringing and the role that sports played in your life as a youth? Certainly, certainly. Um, thank you, first of all, for having me. Um, you know, sports has been a big part of my life, especially growing up. Um, neighborhood kids playing with them outside. Um, we played everything all summer long. Um, you know how it is in Chicago. When the summer hits, everybody wants to be outside. So we as kids were definitely out there a lot more growing up. Um, one of the sports that I often that came my love was basketball. And I've been playing that since I was about five or six years old. Um, so definitely a lot of one-on-one, three-on-three games with our friends, full court, five-on-five happened when we were younger. Um, but it was just a wonderful experience um, to bond with my neighborhood friends and things like that and just, you know, stay with me forever. Absolutely. You uh, you didn't just stop playing in the neighborhood either. From what I understand, you played collegiately and even semi-professionally. Tell us about that experience and what you gained from continuing to take basketball even to the next level. Yeah. So um, I um, started playing high school. Then I went to college, uh, did played a couple of years at Triton College, 
Um, our, my last year there, we finished um, seventh or eighth in the nation. I forget. Some days it's seventh when I want to make it seem better than what it really was. I think it was just eighth, though. <laughs> um, and then from there, I transitioned into some semi-pro basketball. I uh, played with Chicago Steam for a season. Um, and it was just it's just a wonderful experience. I think, um, you know, it's definitely different. I think when you when you're playing for college, you know, it's definitely about your passion. It's about, you know, putting in a time practicing. Uh, when you get to that professional level, it takes a life of its own. Um, it's definitely more independent. Um, you have to work on your game on your own a lot more. You have to have that mentality to really make it at that level and put in the extra work to, you know, get better and better. Um, so definitely that was a piece. And I think you also have to have um, good coaching at that, especially at that next level, making sure that you have a coach that's an advocate for you. Um, Cause a lot of times that can make or break you as a player. Well, and you bring then your, your excellent um, experience from playing collegiately and professionally uh, to the youth in the uh, Chicago area. So you run Four Point Play. And can you just explain to us what this, how this program came about, you know, kind of the history of how you founded Four Point Play and then its overall mission and vision? Yeah, so um, after I was, you know, done pursuing the, the sport of basketball and pursuing that NBA um, contract, <laughs> I really wanted to find something, uh, some way to give back, you know, to a sport that had given me so much um, over the years. Um, and I wanted to do that with, our, with the youth in our community, in the Chicago area. And really, it was just looking at what our neighborhoods and our, our kids were dealing with, um, the lack of safe places to play the game um, was was getting more and more rampant. And so it was really to say like, how, how can we change that problem? Um, and so when we created four point play, it was that sense that we wanted to have a give the youth an opportunity to play somewhere that was safe, some place that was positive and some place that had the right coaching and attitudes there to really build and develop the skills of the youth. Um, a lot of the coaches that, I have been around growing up. Um, I was a late bloomer. So a lot of the coaches, if you didn't have the skill set right away, you were kind of pushed to the back burner a little bit. So we wanted to definitely make sure that, you know, the kids have the opportunity to develop the skill uh, to get better and give them opportunity to make mistakes and learn and just grow in the sport. Um, and that's what that's when Four Point Play was founded. Well, and by extension of that, you're a, a teacher too. And maybe you could just speak to, I would imagine you view what you do, mm -hmm. uh, even just hearing you talk about the mission of Four Point Play as an extension of teaching. So talk a little bit about your, your role there as a teacher and your role or the role of coaching rather uh, as teaching. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, teaching, when you're a teacher, you have to have patience. I think that's the key. Um, my, my parents were teachers. Um, and so I kind of inherited that spirit of teaching. Um, so I've learned to have some patience, although my parents didn't have that much patience with me sometimes. <laughs> but I've tried to definitely have the patience with the youth and allow them to make those mistakes, talk things through. I think it's very important um, to include youth 
in the learning process um, because that allows them to take ownership of their learning experience. And so when you're involving them and giving them opportunities to talk things through and come to their own conclusions about things or the you know finding that answer for them, it makes them a lot better learners, but also it, they remember things better and they take ownership of those things and they can start taking pride in their work. And I think that definitely translates to coaching uh, because as a coach, you want to make sure that the youth have some sense of ownership in everything that they're doing um, so they can learn that game of basketball in a way that's going to stay with them and also build them up and make them fall in love with the game and want to do better and get better. I think a lot of times when you don't have that ownership uh, piece, the youth tend to disengage. And when they disengage, you don't have their attention and it's even harder for them to learn. So definitely supplying them with that opportunity allows them to really get involved in their own learning experience and sometimes even define their learning experience, which can be very empowering for a student. I love what you just said, Andre, you know, in Play Like a Champion in our coach clinics, uh, we talk about those very concepts that you just said are critical uh, to the teaching and learning experience and, and the fall in love with the game. I mean, this is play like a champion. You know, games are, are meant to be fun and joyful and uh, to help kids fall in love with that will encourage them to put forth their best effort. Um, and then the ownership idea, we talk about the grow approach, which is goals, plus relationships, plus ownership equals winning. And so that ownership is so key. And, and, you know, from our research, we find that that's often one of the biggest missing pieces in today's youth sport culture is adults are completely dominating the environment, not allowing kids to play their game and to live their journey. Um, so having just give it a little bit of background on how play like a champion relates to what you just said, um, maybe you could speak to it a little further and how does play like a champion and our a team for every child philosophy fit into your mission as a coach and director of four point play, even just a little bit beyond what we, we just connected. Yeah, I think, um, I, it's, it's always interesting to me. I've experienced some coaches that have been, especially in the youth coaches, that have kind of, you know, turned away um, novice athletes, uh, kids that aren't as nearly as developed as their counterparts. And it's always been very surprising to me because I always feel that you don't, kids are always developing and constantly growing. You don't know what their end game is going to be, you know, so you want to make sure that you give them opportunity first and foremost. And so that every team for, for every child is important. Because you never know how good a kid can be if given the opportunity just to play the game more um, and learn the game more. So it's always important for, especially my philosophy before point play, is that we are giving every kid an opportunity, no matter how you know well they're getting it, no matter how how good they're getting it, giving them opportunity. Because we believe that while yes, there are some kids out there that are athletically gifted and probably can catch on real quick. Uh, but there are also kids out there that are not as athletic, but they if you give them time, they will get the fundamentals down and can kind of see different aspects of the game that that other kid probably won't be able to see. And so when you have a team that is based upon those different perspectives and those different approaches, then you can have a complete team. 
I think when you have a team that's based on, you know, just individual skill level, you're the best, so you're going to play. I think that takes away from the team because some of those kids might have the great athletic ability, but not the, you know, the sport or athletic IQ that can see the game in a different way. So you want to make sure that both of those kids are have an opportunity because they can help each other out in the long run and teach each other and, you know, and help you as a coach because now you have a kid that's sharing information with each other and that makes their growing process even better, but it also teaches them how to have teamwork and that you can learn from anyone. You just talked about children, the importance of children Mm -hmm. growing uh, through sports. Of course, the last year has been a growing experience for pretty much all of us. Yes. uh, No matter what what part of the, uh, whatever you do for a living or, or what part of the world you're in. Uh, so I'm wondering, in what ways did uh, the past year and everything with the pandemic, uh, what ways did you have to stretch yourself to accommodate the obstacles that you faced? And I know part of that, uh, as we talked before jumping on here, was about transitioning to virtual programming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell us about that and, and how did that go for you and for Four Point Play? Yeah, so we we tried to make this shift as quickly as possible to virtual. Um, I would tell you for me personally, I am not a a photogenic type of person. I'm not a video guy. I do not do those things. Um, Since I've been married, I've been taking more pictures with the kids and the wife and things like that. But growing up, I was never like a picture kind of guy. So um, for me, it was definitely a, a big shift to go virtual because now it's everything is on video. We have to look at a camera. Um, consistently or phone, depending on what you're using. Um, so it was definitely a big shift for me personally. For organization, it was a shift as well because we do a lot of in-person and also, you know, it's that, you know, you have to be, you have to tap into creativity and you have to find new ways of engaging the youth without being in person. And so that was a, a, a big challenge for us as an organization to really try to find different drills and different ways to keep our kids active and for us to, you know, make it meaningful for them. You know, you don't want a kid sitting on a a virtual call for 30 minutes and it's dry because you're going to lose their attention. Their attention spans are already low already. So um, 30 minutes of dry, you know, activities is not good (laughs) and leads to them not learning anything and not engaging. So, we wanted to make sure that we definitely developed pro- virtual program that was going to be interactive and that was fun still. You know, that's a big piece of playing the game is having fun. And so if that's not available for them, even virtually, it's it tends to be a turnoff. And maybe you could expand even just a little more on some of the things you did. Uh, I know you helped out this summer with our virtual summer camp that we did. Mm-hmm. Did some drills that kids could do in their home. Um, how did you reach some of the kids? And is that something you've continued even uh, up through, you know, where we're at right now? Yeah. Yeah. So what we started doing was um, we started off doing like a, we call it a four for four. So each uh, month we try to do four weeks of uh, four weeks, four days a week, 30 minute train, 30 minute uh, trainings that we would do with the youth. So we, figured and it would normally be like at four o'clock so central time so it'd be like at four o'clock on monday through thursday we have a 30 minutes um it's a way we felt that 30 minute window was short enough that we wouldn't lose their attention span but long enough for them to get some good 
a good workout in and some good activity. Um, so one of the, you know, we did some things, we did some, some fun polls we would do during this time. Uh, we had, um, different nutritional education pieces that we would use. So we would throw in some facts about good, good eating habits and things like that. Uh, we also had, uh, um, a physical therapist come on from Athletico, um, uh, that would do, uh, talk about different, um, physical things you can do to keep your body, uh, safe, like injury prevention, making sure you're getting the right amount of water intake and how to tell you're getting the, the right amount of water intake. Um, and then also just different stretches and warmups that can help the kids stay fit and stay flexible because sports is definitely dealing with a lot of different muscles. So making sure that they're stretching properly um, is good as well. Um, we also um, did some different um, each each four weeks. We had a different theme that we were using. Um, so, um, we have one four week program where it's called hoops and fitness. And so that's really on the, you know, you're doing basketball drills, but you're also at the same time learning about the nutrition pieces and different, uh, ups and things like that and stretches to do. Uh, we also do just like the after school basketball camp and that's where you're coming in. And each week we have a certain word that we're using for the week. And we're bringing in people to discuss that topic, whether it be from our coaches that's leading and facilitating the program or some outside. We had a couple um, life coaches come in, a couple of basketball coaches come in and kind of talk about that topic. So um, some some examples of topics would be like confidence, respect um, and making sure the kids were understanding the meaning of the word, but also how to activate it in their everyday life. Uh, and so those are the two different kind of setups that we use to really um, make sure that the program was engaging, they were learning something, and they were also having some fun. Really good stuff. Uh, and you know, I can testify to this, having seen uh, some of the, the programs you put on and kind of following you from afar here that... Uh, <laughs> Uh, some really good stuff going on, uh, even over the past nine months. Obviously, you'd rather be in person, but you've right. done uh, a wonderful job. And and we'll give folks here before we uh, before we close out information about how they can uh, find out more information about all that you do. Uh, but one of the things I really like, and and you talk about resilience and perseverance, is just prohibiting athletes from saying the word can't. Mm, yeah. um, can you elaborate on that rule, that broader rule, and how it summarizes your approach to coaching? Yeah, so that's... You know, one of the biggest things we hear consistently, especially dealing with the youth, is the word can't. Um, so when we started our programming years ago, um, we created basically three rules. Uh, rule number one is have fun. Um, rule number two is we don't say the word can't. And the rule number three is we hustle to everything. Um, so with the can't piece, we realized a lot of our youth just would say that because they didn't know how to do a certain drill. And so what we said is like, that word is not an option in our programming. Um, and we say to them that you can do anything you put your mind to, but right now you haven't had enough practice to do it well and to do it right. And you may not know how to do it. That's what we, the coaches are here for. So you come and ask us and we will work with you and show you how to do it. And then you practice it and then you will learn how to do it and then you can do it. So it's that sense of 
when that word is so negative that I feel like it keeps our youth from even trying when they say that camp piece. It doesn't even allow them to try. So we've eliminated that so that at least they are now coming to our program with the mentality that I can try. And even though I'm making mistakes, it's okay because I'm going to get better at it. These mistakes are going to teach me how to do this correctly and do this right. And then I'm going to be able to do it whenever I want to. So that's one of the things that we've tried to really do to instill some confidence in our youth and also instill some resilience in them to keep going, even if they don't know how to do it right. That's such an excellent example, Andre, that you are translating a lesson from the gym into a life lesson because kids will remember that when they're having a hard time with a math problem per se, or Mm -hmm. needing to give speech and they are fearful of delivering that. And so um, that's such a, that's such a a beautiful way of showing how sports can make a difference in a a young person's whole life. I know I've heard um, some other coaches and, and we've shared this at our coach clinic, that if a kid says the word can't, you as a coach can say one powerful three letter word and it's yet. Right. I can't yet. Yeah. Yet. Right. And so, but I I like your approach better. Just eliminate the word. (laughs) (laughs) Eliminate it altogether. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Love that. Uh, So, wow, you're you're a very busy, engaged person. You're a teacher, a coach, a director, a father. And especially during COVID, you've got to, as you noted, you've got to put forth extra energy and energy that maybe you you weren't used to um, employing. Like you said, you didn't really like being on, on camera and in pictures and stuff. And now you're constantly in front of that screen. And so during these times, you really need to take time for some self-care so that you can say, you can stay energized. And so what keeps you, what keeps you going? What do you do to take some time to care for yourself? Well, I, I will say that the, and this is one thing I think some, many of us has heard growing up, when you're doing what you love, it doesn't feel like work. And for me, you know, what I'm doing is what I love. I mean, I love teaching basketball to youth. I love teaching. Of course, I love spending time with my family and kids and things like that. So when you're doing the things that you love, it doesn't really feel like work. So I don't have to really work myself up to energy. I'm waking up ready to go because it's what I love. And I think that, you know, when you find that, it makes what you do every day easier to do. Um, I'm not saying there aren't challenges. There's still challenges. There's still things that kind of, you know, the COVID happening really hit, you know, and it was like, oh, you had to, I had to take a step back and kind of make sure that, you know, moving forward that, um, I'm, I'm okay. You know, I'm okay with everything that's happening. And so, you know, spending time with family, doing what we love, what I love to do allows me to kind of keep doing what I'm doing. And, you know, I, you know, basketball has always been my sanctuary. Um, So when I was having problems, when I was younger, I would go to the gym and shoot around and kind of just, you know, think things through. So, you know, now that I'm doing, I'm, teaching basketball, I'm I'm still in that mode and that process of going to the basketball gym and trying to do some workouts and things like that individually to make sure that I have that opportunity to think some things through. So um, that's been kind of my way of always dealing with issues and problems that come up, pausing a little bit, 
doing a nice little basketball workout and then getting to that solution or even if it's not a solution, just get to that point where I'm okay with the way things are going. Everything isn't always going to be solved right away. You're not going to be able to think away, think the answer. Sometimes you have to just get yourself okay with the way things are and then able to still keep moving forward. And so that's what, you know, doing that, spending that time alone in basketball allows me to do. I love the idea that basketball is your sanctuary. That is your safe space where you re- regenerate and rejuvenate. And you've definitely hit the winning formula, Andre, because, you know, I, I'm looking at your website and there's numerous testimonials from the youth, the kids, um, you know, how uh, they're expressing their gratitude for how much fun they have when they're in, involved in your program. I, I also see you get a lot of testimonials from parents. And so they talk about you doing an excellent job of building basketball skills and confidence, something we heard you say is a goal of yours is to build confidence uh, while the kids are having fun. Uh, One parent comments about four-point play. When I think of four-point play, I think of family support and nurture. This is really telling about how much you care about the athletes and their families. In in our work at Play Like a Champion, uh, we often hear stories from sport administrators Uh, kind of on the other side, that sport parents are challenging, they're demanding, they're hard to manage, they're not complimentary. Uh, So give us some insight on how you communicate with your parents and how you have successfully brought them into a a partnership with your mission. Yeah, I mean, um, I would say, first and foremost, communicate. I, I feel like sometimes a lot of the coaches that I've had experience with, they won't communicate with the parents because, you know, Maybe something has come up. Maybe they've had a, a heated discussion about a certain topic. Um, I try to be forthcoming and making sure that I am talking to the parents and uh, just letting them know um, what my vision of, of their child as an athlete is and why I have that vision. You know, I think that, um, you know, I think that's very helpful for the parents Um, And then it also opens up that communication where they feel comfortable saying, well, I'm happy you see that, but I see this. And I was like, oh, and, you know, it's always that sense like I've had some parents that said, I want my child to do this and do this and be a great shooter and, you know, have these, you know, be a good dribbler. And I was like, "Okay, that's great. Well, these are the things that we're going to have to work on with him or her and the amount of time that we're going to have to put into it to make that vision that you have of your athlete a reality and so i've tried my best to make sure that that those conversations happen but also that conversations aren't just around basketball the conversations are around them as parents you know what they're experiencing i'm a parent too so i understand you know you know things and issues are going on in the home life as parents that we're trying to juggle multiple things so making sure that i'm checking in with them that they're okay and that they're doing well and what can I do to help support them and what they're trying to do with their child. Um, I don't have them every day. The parents do. And so they can give me insight into what their child's behavior is, what their child wants and things like that, that I probably won't be able to get from a child sometimes because they don't feel comfortable talking <laughs> that much, but I can definitely get from a parent. And so it's that sense of trying to make sure that that, communication is is going both ways and that I'm being an active listener and I'm also bringing ideas to them about their child that's going to make their child better 
Um, and I think that's hopefully one of the reasons why we've had some success with parents. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of transformational stories you can tell us about your work and some of those conversations with parents um, certainly play into that. But could you share just one of your favorite stories about how your work with Four Point Play has changed a young person's life? This is a question we like to ask uh, all of our guests. So any story that comes to mind in, in terms of how your work or, or your experience has, has changed uh, one of the young people you work with? Yeah, that's a that's a great uh, question. Um, I, as I coach, I have a, you know, I'm a high school coach as well. Um, when I first started high school coaching, um, I was, there was a freshman kid that came in the same time that I came in as coach. And uh, the first day I saw him, um, I was, he was very raw. <laughs> It's like novice, but just had, I could see the passion that he had for the game. Um, and I was talking to the other coaches and, you know, one of the, the coaches that had been there for a few years, he was like, yeah, that kid's not that good. I don't know if he's going to really do anything. And he was a varsity coach. I was a JV coach. So I was the one that had to be concerned with the, with the freshman guy. And so I was like, okay, you know, um, but I said in my mind, I said, I think this kid is going to be good because he understands the work ethic it goes into beginning better. And he knows that he has to work harder to do that and he's willing to do it. And so sure enough, now he's a junior and he's one of the best shooters on the team. Um, and he's always there. He's always working out. He's always improving. I've, caught him in the gym so many times alone just practicing on his own uh, and to me that is one of you know the, the stories I love to see is that a kid is you know underrated but able to constantly work on their game and understand that they're going to make mistakes and mistakes are okay but they're keeping moving forward they keep progressing and keep getting better and you know he has grown exponentially since his freshman and junior year and I'm I'm just excited for him, even though I mean I feel like you know, is he going to play basketball in college? I don't know, um, but I know that he's told me that he wants to. So I've had that conversation with him, and I said, well, you know, we got to put some more work in to get to that level. So it's just a matter of understanding, um, you know, where the kids are at, where they want to go. And I think with him, I kind of knew that he was going to be a good role model a good steady you know you have those players that are just a steady steady player on your team that keeps everything kind of you know at a calming level and he does that and you know that's just one of the stories that i've that i've had that just came to mind just now <laughs> andre you are clearly a coach for character you are changing lives you are instilling confidence in young people. You believe in them. And we're very impressed uh, with the work you're doing and grateful that you took the time today to share your philosophy with our listeners. And speaking of that, can you tell our listeners where they can learn more about Four Point Play and how they can support your good work? Yeah, so we are try, we try to be everywhere. So we have a Snapchat, we have a TikTok. We have an Instagram, Facebook, we're all over there. Um, and you can find all of our links on our website. Um, our website is the number four, PT 
ptplay.org. And that's the number four, ptplay.org. We have a nice YouTube channel uh, that we got going when the pandemic kind of started that has a lot of different drills and things that athletes and basketball players can do on their own at home. So that's a great resource as well. Uh, so definitely subscribe to that. Check that out. We try to, we're in the process of getting, filming some more and putting some new drills up, hopefully within the next couple of months. Well, thanks for sharing that. And we, I believe, linked uh, some of those drills from your YouTube channel on our website because there was some really good stuff there. So definitely encourage everyone to check that out. Andre, thanks for joining us. As Kristen said, uh, thrilled to have you with us and keep up the great work you're doing in the Chicagoland area uh, with Four Point Play. Thank you for having me. It has really been a pleasure speaking with you both. Um, and I'm just excited about this year. I'm happy 2020 is over. <laughs> <laughs> As we all are, Andre. Good luck with Four Point Play. <laughs> Thank you very much. Kristen, another great conversation with Andre. What did you take away? Well, Andre's clearly a play like a champion coach, Pete. There were so many concepts that he touched on that reveal our coaching philosophy from the ownership piece to building confidence. My favorite, however, is the emphasis on fun and the joyfulness of sport and through that, building a young person's confidence to excel. Uh, I also really like the idea about communication, you know, that he communicates with the parents and brings them in as partners. It seems like some, something so simple to do, and yet so many coaches struggle with that. Without a doubt, and Andre does a great job. Well, we want to thank everyone for joining us here on the Play Like a Champion show, today's episode. Remember, you can subscribe and download our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Do that now if you haven't already done so. You don't want to miss a single episode going forward. We've got a lot of fun stuff planned and great people planned uh, for this coming year. You can also connect to us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Visit our website, playlikeachampion.org. Find links to our social media accounts and all kinds of great information. If you want to email us, don't hesitate to send us an email. Information at playlikeachampion.org with questions, comments, concerns, whatever you'd like to put in there. Kristen, thanks for being here as always. Looking forward to our next conversation. Thanks, Pete. And thanks to all, all of our listeners for joining us in this new year of 2021. Have a great week, everyone. And wherever you are, remember to play like a champion each and every day. Thank you.